Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are on stolen lands of the Turubal and Yarra people here in Mianjin, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. Before I start, we have some plugging to do. We have a Patreon become a, pa- a patron, patron. I love that we are Sorry. our own ad space. Yes. <laughs> no one's paying us except for our patrons. Um, we've been accused of being paid recently and I don't like that. We have not being paid. We're not being paid except for by our patrons. Yes. Thank you, patrons. So for $4 a week, um, you can get access to our close friends list where we post extra content. $4 a month. $4 a month, sorry. $4 a month. Sorry for the point. It was which very is not even. Like, <laughs> you better correct that immediately. I even in my head said month, but then I obviously said week out loud. Um, so, yeah, close friends on our Instagram, extra content, and also just support us um, if you like our content. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to be asking the question, should we give boomers a break? No. Full stop. <laughs> End of pod. <laughs> Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I would just like to say, you know how I hate disclaimers, but I'm like really in an angry mood today, like deep in my soul. Not the type of anger where like if I kick my toe, I'm going to scream or I'm going to like pick a fight with Hannah for no reason. But anger like so deep in my soul. Did you just confess that you've picked a fight with me before for no reason? I always thought there was a very solid reason. No, no. I pick fights with other people for no reason, not you. Oh, cool. That's such a weird compliment. um, Yeah, I'm so angry in my soul, which usually ends up to being – so like – I worry that it's going to end in generalizations. So I'd just like to say at the start, I think – this kind of these kinds of topics are like definitely case by case. It really depends on the person. Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, a big part of this is like often the comments we get on. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, which I'm sure you do, or do it now. Do it. Um, the videos, the TikToks that we've made a few of, where it's like the Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a few older people who follow cheat comment and be like, "This is ageist and stereotypical," and I'm like. No, it's my family. <laughs> it's observational comedy. <laughs> it's observational humor. Yes. I think there is an argument to be had that it is stereotypical and ageist, especially because the older people that follow us are so progressive and some of the most progressive followers that we have. Yeah. So it's not saying that every boomer is this person, but I think that I'm hoping that even if you're a boomer listener, you can understand who we're ending this at. Yeah. And it's more, it's more just about like the people who – use the fact that they are over the age of you know 60 to as an excuse to like why they shouldn't yes um you know use inclusive language and stuff like that is i think boomer is everyone born i think the cutoff is 1965 Mm -hmm. is that correct yeah i'm pretty sure because my parents are not boomers my my dad's a boomer my mom is a gen x okay yeah, boomers are around 60. So you're safe, mum. The youngest the youngest boomer is like 60. Yeah. 59, 60. Let's get to it. Okay. I feel like the word boomer is just synonymous with, with as an insult. It's hilarious. And like sometimes it's like I just, Karen. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I mean it as a like a descriptor, like that person is a boomer. I never mean it as anything other than an insult. <laughs> <laughs> just to be wow, I'm the one who was like, I'm so angry today. But and now I seem so, so kind. <laughs> 
Don't worry, you'll get there. Never this. have, don't worry. I will get there. We know how these always end. Exactly. <laughs> With me like, oh, Kristen, please. <laughs> but what about me? Be like, Begging I know that. There's no excuse. Okay. <laughs> I think the first question is, for me, do we have different rules for younger people? Elaborate, please. Like, if there are two people, two if there are two men and one is... 25 and one is 55 and they say the same problematic thing are we more angry at the younger like do we expect more from the younger person yes but i think for good reason yeah i think um this is a bit random but i remember going to a comedy special once where the comedian described it really accurately and they talked about this idea of like imagine our brain as like a library that has a librarian that keeps the archives of every thought you've ever had and sometimes you might think or say something and think fuck i haven't updated that file in a while and when you say it, when you hear someone say something, you go to the librarian, whoever, the, whatever their name is, I'm going to call mine Bernadette. Mm-hmm. I go, fuck Bernadette. What's my, <laughs> what's my opinion on that? And then she runs into the file and goes, oh shit, 2010, you thought about X and you haven't updated that thought since then. And I go, fuck, I better work on that right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that when we're younger, we need to be moving faster with these things and keeping up with the social change that our generation is pushing. Yeah. I think while I think we should expect more from older people in our lives and it's not an excuse to say like they've run out of software updates. It used to be my excuse. I used to say things like that about like my grandparents, like they've just run out of software updates. But I think that there are different rules purely because the rate at which young people should be updating their views and Mm -hmm. forming their views because they're still malleable and growing and learning. It, there is a higher expectation. There's a higher threshold because the world is changing to when these older people grew up. Yeah. They haven't accessed the archives. Some of the ideas that we're coming up with now have never been a file in their memory bank. Yeah. That's the other thing. Some things they've literally never had to face. Mm-hmm. So I think there is an argument for that. That's my view. How, I mean, I was going to say, how much do you think about it? I think you think about it quite a lot. Like <laughs> what's going to be the first thing that younger people say to us? Like, if, you know, it's probably not like the generation who are like teenagers now, but the next one. Who say something and we're just like, oh, God. Uh, I think it's when they say, I want to marry a robot. <laughs> and I say, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and I'm I like, say, oh, my God, get with the program. And my opinion isn't that you can't marry a robot. It's why is marriage still a thing? <laughs> so true, Queen. <laughs> Have your relationship with your robot. Um, no, but I think there will be things. Mm. But I think, I mean, there are topics that come up now that I'm like, fuck, I'm not with the program. Yeah. Right? So I think that that will happen more and more often. But then the question is like, as we get older, what are we expecting and what treatment do we want from younger people when they're, they're sharing these ideas with us? Mm -hmm. Do I want them? Like, how should we approach these conversations in a way that has empathy, but also is expecting you to learn? Like, do I want to be treated with empathy because I'm an older person? Not really, because I don't treat other people. I don't have empathy for older people that say offensive things. Exactly. I don't have compassion for that. And I, I have an understanding of maybe why, mm-hmm. but that doesn't excuse them in my mind. Yeah. I think with older people also, I'm not sure if you, you have this in your family or with your friend's family, but I know a couple of my close friends, they tend to have this view of like, there's a particular older person in their life and, you know, they go, oh, it's just grandma oh it's just grandpa oh it's just uncle bob oh blah 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 and it's not everyone always it's always it's usually like one of the figurehead matriarch of the family i find it is usually women too that they just look to and they're like oh she's just a character and she's just got a way about her and we just leave her alone yeah i resent that i also think if you're willing to teach everyone else why not that person because they're a bit different right yeah the other thing is there's a lot of older people that get it Mm -hmm. and that's what i always point to like what did betty white ever do that was problematic yeah exactly 
we are capable. Mm-hmm. They are capable. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. And I think the thing is like, because I think the argument, and you could um, argue this by, both ways, is that, well, things are changing. Uh, like things are happening so quickly now. Yeah. One thing that when people say that, I'm like, are they? Like, are they actually changing quicker than ever? Like, I guess we do have the internet, but it is a bit hard to tell because like we are here now and we weren't. But I don't know because I haven't been alive that long, but it feels like there's so many conversations happening at once right now. Yeah. And I think that there's because there's so many competing interests that are becoming ticking time bombs. Yeah. Um, like I think climate action is the number one thing, but there are a lot of key issues on the table right now that I feel, especially in the last three to seven years, say have sped up in terms of the expectation for us to, um, grow and change and have a social shift in conversation. But mm-hmm. I also think that's because as this social change is happening, legislation, institutions, leadership is not growing at the same rate. Yeah. I think the idea of government and society is that laws reflect social values and mindsets at the time. And I think but they take so long. Yeah. But I actually think that in the last decade, we've gotten further away from that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that social shift is happening at a pace that is, is far outrunning legislative and institutional change. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem is that the divide is getting wider and that's because of the internet. That, but I think that the left and the right are further apart than they've ever been. Agree. And I also think that it's not so much that things necessarily have changed quicker. It's just that conversations that were previously like held in pockets of society are now held publicly mm. because of the internet. So like, um, I mean, if you think that you're like the only, if you think that this is the first generation of radical feminists, like you're so wrong, like all of this shit was happening, um, for many decades and like centuries before we came along, but it probably wasn't as widespread apart from, you know, those his- big historical moments in society, like, um, when the suffragettes you know, won the vote and things like that. But, um, I think that those, the people who are, who were radical even back just in the seventies were like kind of, um, I mean, they were labeled hippies obviously, or like nut jobs or whatever. And they were kind of like in their own little pockets. And because there was no way to, you know, widely have broad conversations about progressive and radical ideas that they were talking about, it was much easier to ignore it or even to have never had any, um, like access to those types of conversations. But I think we're asking more questions than have ever been asked before. I think so too. Yes. So I, I think, it, cause I agree with you. Like, I think, um, you're saying that it, maybe the change hasn't, you're saying the change hasn't sped up. I guess I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I think it's more that, um, it's not really about the speed of the change. It's just about like how connected we are. Yeah, I think maybe it just feels so heightened because of the last two years. Agree. And I think it's because I, I don't think there's ever a day where something controversial doesn't come up in the news that I'm thinking, oh, I've never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Whether it be something like, I mean, when we think about the feminist questions we've asked over the last year, like there are so many. Yeah. And there are so many to continue asking, like Emily Ratajkowski, Celeste Barber, that sort of stuff is one section of it. And then there's like, we've actually got respect at work, sexual harassment. Then we've got toxic masculinity. And then we've got, we've got like 100 corners. Mm. And every day I watch something on TikTok that I'm like, holy fuck, I've never thought about about that before. Like that's never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. And then it just explodes something in my brain. And I'm like, there's another thing to add to the list. Yeah, It's kind of terrifying. I think maybe it's not that the speed is changing, but the overwhelm of information is intense. Agree. Agree. And I just think like, 
So if we just assume for a moment that things are happening quicker now, mm. I think that, um, you know, I'm 28 and there is like I'm a millennial and why do I feel like that's a dirty word now? Wow, I'm turning into a boomer. It's becoming, it's <laughs> becoming a dirty word. I agree with that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Gen X have kind of been left out of it, even though they're technically in like boomer territory. Well, Gen X are like always known as like the sandwich generation, like the generation that have forgotten about because they're <laughs> the sandwich generation is like because they are um, caring for their parents at simultaneously while simultaneously caring for their children. Yeah. So it's very like particularly the Gen X women. Like yeah. I think that's like a, quite an interesting like conversation that often gets left out because I think like and I can only speak from my own perspective, but my mum always was quite quite the feminist, um, but probably wasn't, like, is definitely not as, like, out there and as assertive with her views as I am. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of times when um, I've had conversations with young women who really discount the um, efforts of Gen X women because it's not really – it's because, like – I think it's because the stuff, things that the suffragettes did, it's just like, oh, well, they got the vote. That's very much like that's what they did, solid. Yeah. But then the things that second-generation women did, Gen X women did, are kind of the the aspects that now radical feminists are like, well, that's not enough. It's because it's happened, like, recently enough that it's like, why didn't they do more? Yeah. Um, and they're still around. So I think it's – I just think it's a tough one anyway. Um, what was I talking about? Um <laughs> I'm 28. That's right. I'm a millennial. Sorry. Anyway. Derailed. Derailed. I, I derailed it myself because I just think that's an interesting – there is a book about it. I started reading it, cool. but um, about like the – basically like the plight of the Gen X woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started reading it not knowing what it was about, and then I started reading it. And I was like, this is not really for me. <laughs> like <laughs> it just didn't really capture me because I didn't though. relate. Yeah. But oh. I just still have the book. Okay. Um, I can tell you what it's called if you like later because i don't know what it is anyway back to it plug a plug secret book sponsored you can probably look it up if you are interested almost got a shout out what is it it's got like a catchy name anyway so point is if we're assuming that things are happening faster now i feel like there are tons of ideas that have been brought up by um gen z and just Mm. like by tiktok in general that i've thought i've never heard of that before I've got, I'll better get onto it. And the thing is like, um, when I hear about it the first time, like sometimes I do feel like a bit attacked, I guess. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm old and like not progressive enough really? to keep up with these young people. Yeah. But you're the most progressive person I know. Thanks queen. It's because like I'm on, I'm in quite deep on TikTok. It's like, usually during TikTok. Do you, like, uh, not to put you on the spot, but is there something you can point to where you were like, fuck? Um... I have those moments, but I can't, I can't recall one. I think one of them that happened a few years ago was the, um, I think, I I guess I would call it like the full dismantling of the binary. Yep. Like I obviously have understood like trans issues and like the idea of being non-binary, but in terms of like the, um, very specific, I guess, labels and identities on that spectrum. And then, and I always like, I did understand pronouns like fairly, I think it's quite simple to be <laughs> honest. Um, when I first heard about it, I was like, all right, cool. But then I think, um, I guess like the next step into it, like the very diverse spectrum of like genders that people identify as, I was a bit confused by. And I think that was one that I definitely remember a couple of years ago, I was like, 
what is this? Mm. How do I don't understand it? But do you know what? I wasn't a fucking dickhead about it. I was yeah. just like, I, I just think that like, it's not that hard to be like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Noted. Not going to say I'm anything until I know more. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I just think that the thing is like with the, um, you know, often boomers, the types of people that we're talking about now are just so quick to like, I don't know, just react like so hatefully to these types yes. of things just because they don't like, it's not, I don't care that you don't get it. Like, let's, can we please, I don't know if I've ranted about this on the podcast or if I did it in real life somewhere. So sorry. But can we just normalize, like, not understanding things? It's fine if you don't understand it. I'm never going to understand, like, what it's like to be a trans person. And that's okay. Because I'm if I'm not going to have lived experience in it, I can't understand it to that extent. Yeah. But I understand that I don't understand it. And that's kind of the point yeah. is that that person's experience is not going to be my experience. And why can't I just be like, well, that's, that's some new information that I will now observe quietly and not have any fucking opinion on. God. I also think it's funny because I think that comes from a place for a lot of boomers where they think that because they've had lived experience through different world events to us, and a part of history that we'll never know mm-hmm. that makes them the gatekeeper of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, that is, that is my experience. Like, yeah. So true. I think that a lot of the time it's like, well, you're not old enough to know anything about the world. And I think my retaliation or my rebuttal to that is, but I don't think that you know enough about the world I've existed in. Yes. Because I think that you have this view of how it used to be. Mm-hmm. And that actually sh- overshadows your understanding and ability to modernize. Yeah. Because you're so entrenched in what used to happen and the way things used to be that you have no ability to f- be flexible and adapt to the new environment. Yeah. But also, I think what's concerning to me is I'm like, did you think that that world was good enough? I know. Is Did you thoroughly enjoy... <laughs> The 60s and 70s. Because, no offense, it didn't sound like... (laughs) No offense, it doesn't sound like it was very fun. But it's also a lot of women defending this. And I'm like, those were potentially some of the arguably worst times for women. Yeah. Right? And I don't think the world is perfect, but I think that the vision that we're trying to create is so valid. Yeah. And I think that it's it's really interesting to be so entrenched in your experience of your own childhood and so attached to these memories that you think that because I haven't sat there and lived through that experience with you, that my view is inherently wrong. Yeah. Um, and it is... It, I think it's challenging, especially when you're in family situations because they're like, you have no idea. And, and I and I don't have any idea what it was like to live through fucking wars. And well, I mean, I guess in a sense I do, but not in the way that they did. Yeah. And I, I feel like there are some questions that can be asked. I think a lot of boomers ask interesting questions of our values and I think their opinions are valid and they should have space at the table in a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's about at least admitting that your view is unreliable or lacks lacks objectivity yeah like i think part of it is like yeah i don't know i don't know about that Mm -hmm. and that's the thing admitting you're wrong admitting you don't know admitting you don't have the lived experience to answer that question like fucking normalize not being an expert yeah exactly but and then if you take it in i guess another step it's actually very elitist like um just because i don't know like let's say politics like obviously we talk a lot about politics every single day and just because i don't know like the intricacies of like the hawk government Mm doesn't mean that I don't get to have a say on politics. Yeah. Like it's not that 
Australian history, like political history, is not relevant to my personal opinion of where I sit in the political spectrum. And it doesn't negate my ability to have opinions on what is going on now yeah. and the kind of legislation that I would like to see yeah. in the future. Like, it's not, it's not necessary. You don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. Like, that's the, actually like part of a larger problem on why young people and particularly young women are so like disempowered when it comes to politics because we've been told well if you're not an expert then you're getting a fucking opinion like we were just talking about comments that on one of our tick on some of our tiktoks (laughs) that like whenever we talk about the economy it's just like what would you know you're poor like first of all i didn't know you're my accountant yeah and second of all like (laughs) yeah like one someone commented on hannah's like you don't have enough money to have an opinion on what is good for the economy. But also, it's funny because I said, by the look of you, your net worth isn't high enough to... Also, I was just wearing a t-shirt. It was a black t-shirt. You're poor. And I had my hair in a ponytail. Like, oh, I'm an empath. I'm sensing your bank balance is low because of all the oat milk mockers you get. Like, fuck off, dickhead. What are you talking about? I mean, it's just... His you... Shrek, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, is it that no, guy? Oh. he's always there. He's always there. Go away. Why are you so civilized? Yeah. It's like, shouldn't... In my opinion, like, the low so lower socioeconomic people probably have a better idea about what's good for the economy. Because, like... No fucking offense. Actually, yes, offense. But if you are rich, like, what does the economy have to do with you? Truly. Yeah. If you have a lot of fucking money, then the economy could be gone to shit and you'd be just fine. Yeah. Fuck you. (sighs) Trek. (laughs) One, someone called me a beast the other day. Oh my God. People are so mean. Just because I'm taller than you, Shrek. Also, a lot (laughs) of the people that we get, like, hateful comments from are boomer men. Absolutely. They are the majority of them. Why are you so insecure? Or user six three seven two four nine eight because they don't want to show their face. Exactly. Hate you. Why don't you make a company and get twenty thousand followers <laughs> exactly. within eighteen months and then fucking come and talk to me? Why don't you make a podcast and okay. no one will listen to exactly. it? Exactly. Um. All right. <laughs> oh, so this is an important point, I think. The way, and I kind of touched on this at the start about how like we are like semi-generalizing, but the only reason I generalize is because every fucking time it's the same kind of person who says this shit. Anyway, I think that uh, like big part of it for me is looking at um, like when people have views that are um, like bigoted and we're not just talking about like conservative political values versus progressive values. I'm talking, we're talking about like people who are bigoted and who are like purposefully hateful because in quotes, they like don't get it or they, it, things are different in their day or whatever. Um, I just felt a weird, cool breeze on yes, my Yes, I have the same experience yeah, on my arm. That's so weird. It's a ghost. A ghost. Um, ghost of Boomer's past. Exactly. They hear us, they haunting us. us um, is looking at the opportunity that they have had to learn and evolve and like the exposure that they've had to you know progressive ideas or like societal issues Mm. so like if someone if there's like a six-year-old white man who's grown up you know in rural australia probably not going to have had very much exposure to progressive politics and like gender politics and you know intersectionality and i think that that is while it's not an excuse because i think at the end of the day like why can't you just like treat other people like human beings. Um, but I do think that 
it is a different conversation to be had when it's someone who genuinely has never had any exposure to any of these things. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know what how much that is worth, but I just think it's like a different thing to someone who to like the same the exact same six year old white man who's grown up in inner city Melbourne, for example. Yeah, like you have had you've had opportunities, like it's everywhere. Yeah, and like get with the program. And educate yourself. Do you know how to use the internet? And I'm not asking that sarcastically. Genuinely, if you know how to use the internet, then you do have access to finding out information for yourself. No. They'll just go to the Courier Mail. <laughs> wow, wow. Dun, dun, True. Dun. True. Something I, um, I'm not sure this is off topic. I'm hoping I can bring it back in a roundabout way. But an interesting TikTok that I saw that really set me off about a lot of, you know, boomer mentality and old people mentality is that a lot of the things that have existed historically, if they were brought in now, would be seen as like communist or socialist. Mm -hmm. So like think about libraries, right? If if libraries didn't exist and right now the government was like, we're going to bring in these places where you can access books for free and you can access all the information you want and it's like a place where you come and loan things and like that would be seen as like Dead a social commie. store yeah. <laughs> no but no but have, do you, like that's yeah. if we didn't have medicare like america they have not successfully brought in universal healthcare right mm-hmm. if medicare didn't exist if superannuation didn't exist and right now someone proposed it they'd be like what the fuck <laughs> but that to me indicates that we're moving as a society more conservative yeah or that the conservatives are the lab's voice mm-hmm. because these ideas that exist in us, like the f- most fundamental and best parts of our society that have existed for a long time would now be seen as like dirty communist or socialist activity. Yeah. That's interesting. It really fucks me up all the time. Cause I'm like, these things have existed for you. For, I mean, not, not every, not all of those things Yeah, for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how like Medicare and superannuation would have been brought in while they were alive. Yep. And they're probably pretty happy to take that. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you know, they are voting for a government that is trying to undermine those systems. Exactly. That's, that interests me. Yeah, that is quite interesting. I wonder if it's because they now have enough money that they don't rely on Medicare and things like, like examples like that. Um, but that's the thing is like, what makes someone fundamentally change that view? Just money? Because I still aspire, problematic, to be comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Not rich, comfortable. Yeah. And as a young person, I think, and as young people, we don't have enough money on the whole, a lot of us. And that's a lot of the time why we have progressive values because we understand the need for welfare, mm-hmm. for healthcare, for education, for all of these protections, right? That are, that, that provide us basic human rights. Yeah. Social housing, blah, 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 public housing. What challenges and changes that view as we grow older is it just money is it comfortability i think usually i would say that it is just money but the amount of people who i know in like the last the last federal election and who probably still will this election vote against their interests makes me wonder but also i just wonder if it's like if it's money but also the like aspiration for money and like the belief that you will get there and you will have a lot of money at some stage. I also think that it is a bit of like an ego thing. Like 
I think that boomers, um, particularly boomer men, are so used to like running the world and now they feel, even though they're still running it, but they feel threatened. Well, I'm not sure if you saw, I shared this post to Cheek yesterday called, and it's talking about the concept of aggrieved entitlement. Yeah. And I'd never heard the term, but it, it makes sense. So it's literally explaining that when someone has held power for a period of time and then someone else tries to come in and take a share of that power that would result in equality mm. or equity of some form because they've held the power for so long and it's being taken from them even to the benefit of equal treatment, it's aggrieved entitlement. And they're like, well, now... So, so the, the cartoon is like a man is sitting on a bench alone and a woman comes and sits on the bench because there's a space on the bench. And then he's like, well, I can't sit on this bench anymore. And it's like, no, there's this space for both of us on the bench. And it's like, but it's my bench. <laughs> I can't stretch my legs out. But I think, but I think that's the thing because as you know, there's that, that quote that we talked about in the pub before, you know, um, equality to the powerful feels like oppression Yeah. because you have to lose something in order for someone else to gain it. Yeah. Even though there's still plenty that for you. Yep. Don't worry. Like you yeah, can't have the whole cake. Someone's just having a slice, and you're not Bruce Bog trottering it anyway. You can't have the, you can't eat the whole cake by yourself. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to have it. Yeah, just I want to keep it. it. I just think I don't know. For me, and again, this is like my anger coming out. I've been saving it to the end. <laughs> I just like I'm just losing patience. Truly, like. I always, and I feel like I've gone on about this in the podcast before, so call me a hypocrite if you want. I don't care. I know I'm being one. But, <laughs> like, this is everything. I talk about, like, oh, we need to, like, bring people along for the ride. Mm. But I do understand, where, like, I'm, I am getting to the point, particularly in election time, that I'm like, get, get with the fucking program. Like, seriously. Do, like, and it's always young people and it's so often young women and it's also so often diverse groups of people who have to do the emotional labor to try and fucking educate these people who just, just so they don't, so they aren't, like, discriminatory towards them. Yeah. That is so fucked up. Like, get your shit together. Like, if you actually, the amount of people in this category, boomers, men, whatever, white people, who are, like, so like they it's like it's like abortion like they take this on as their personal thing they're like oh my my only one belief in the whole world is is being anti-abortion it's like well why don't you take some time to you have all of this time that it obviously you know just takes up so much of your brain space like have you ever thought to like actually look into anything about it like you don't know anything except that it bothers you that women can do what they want with their body like you spend so much fucking time on it. Why don't you look into it yourself instead of having to have, you know, your grandchildren probably be like, look, here is an opposing viewpoint for you. For example, why does it affect you if a woman across the other side of the world has an abortion? The answer is it doesn't. How many people have you seen all these videos on TikTok with those like anti-abortion protesters and they've got those signs and things that say like, choose adoption and journalists go in and they're like, how many people have you adopted? None. None of them fucking adopted anybody. Like, it just, like, get a fucking grip. It's also, like, I think it comes back to if the, if that's the hill you're willing to die on, you don't really know much about that hill. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, it just makes me so mad. The resources are out there if you are even remotely interested. Instead of just arcing up and being like, oh, this is too much for me and it's challenging me because I've always been, like, the king of society and now I feel like someone's challenging me and trying to sit on my bench, that you're just going to be fucking discriminatory. 
And then you want to go around and be like, well, things were different in my day when the interest rates were so high. Fuck off. Why is that relevant? (laughs) (laughs) At least you could have a house. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, I just, I'm so sick of having to like do the labor for these people at the end of the day. Like that, that is like probably my biggest gripe. I think the... The other thing is I'm more willing to do it around election time because I'm like, I can transfer a vote more easily than I can transfer a view. Yeah. And that, I guess in a way that seems contradictory or hypocritical because it's like, well, isn't that, isn't that the same thing? Not, not really. Mm. I think convincing someone to vote for a different party for a certain reason is easier than fundamentally altering someone's opinion of abortion or climate change or something like that. But there is something satisfying at the moment to having these conversations and hearing people that I've known my whole life to vote liberal that aren't this election. Yeah. And that is empowering, Yeah, but it also is exhausting. Yeah. Well, I actually had a um, conversation with my partner the other day and he, or yesterday at some stage, not relevant. Um, but he was like, <laughs> in terms of like talking about politics to conservative people and he's like you've just got to tell him like you know scott morrison he's an all right guy but he's not right for australia <laughs> and i'm like you know how many fucking people that probably works on yeah like because they don't like cater to your audience exactly and conservatives don't like because they have this idea that lefties are just like having a go and try to kind of cancel everyone even though that's what they do just saying that every time i see an attack go personal Nine times out of ten, it's a fucking conservative making it personal. But anyway, whatever. It's a safe space. I don't say that's to the conservatives, obviously. But, like, the idea of, you know, lefties attacking Scott Morrison is going to make them, like, hold on to him even tighter. So. That's actually very true. I think it's a really good way to put it. I just feel ill when I think about doing that. I know. (laughs) It feels against my values not to cancel it. I know. I know. I'm like, someone else can do that. I'm happy being the stereotype. (laughs) Exactly, the angry, angry woman with shaved head. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You can also find us on Instagram at CheekMediaCo or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs>